Welcome to another episode of the B2B Startup Sales Podcast. Today, uh, with Simon Severino, founder of Strategy Sprints, who helps founders to double revenue within 90 days with one-on-one coaching, especially in the software as a service uh, business and services, how to run a company more efficiently and uh, having results in sales that soar. So Simon, uh, over to you. Like, What brought you to this journey after um, studying yourself in the executive MBA on, on growth strategy, actually teaching that? And also tell us a bit about your background, what brought you here. Hey, Manuel. Hey, everybody. I am somebody who started just by being a passionate individual and having a mission. My mission is to open doors and turn on lights. That's what I'm here to do. So I started helping people wherever I can. And uh, it has been for 17 years flying to them helping them take the right decisions on how to run their business and flying back home. <laughs> that, that, that I have done for 17 years. And at some point, this was pre-pandemic. I was like, there must be a smarter way if I fly so much. That's it. That is so inefficient for everybody. They, my clients, the, the entrepreneurs, they really want somebody like the friend of Spider-Man who is on the computer and you can just click in your ear and say, hey, should I kick the left door or should I kick the right door? <laughs> and he goes, click, 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 kick the right door because behind the left, there is a cactus. Yeah. They yeah. don't want to wait two weeks for you to fly to them. And so I was hardly reachable and I didn't like that model for my life, for their needs. And we reinvented the model and say, hey, let's make it sprinty. They can 24-7, you have access to your coach, you tag quickly, you get all the blueprints that you need. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. I've done this for 17 years. I know how to increase prices. I know how to increase frequency. I know how to increase conversion rate. These are the three things that we need to do. Let's do it. Here are the blueprints. I focused on just two two um, service-oriented businesses, the software service, and the professional service. So I had all blueprints ready. I started sharing them and uh, making ourselves accessible 24 seven, like a sports coach. That is now the team behind Strategy Sprints. We help entrepreneurs uh, in 114 countries. And um, we do this with just 13 people. So very lean and... um, and easy and uh, we are honored to uh, be able to help them have uh, businesses that are joy to run and uh, that are smoother and that have better sales yeah no no love it i mean that's exactly what what entrepreneurs are looking for i think so one thing that struck me when when i went a bit through your offerings is also um getting people to set up their referral program and so, like really helping them to build referral teams. Uh, I've seen very few SaaS, but also other companies getting a predictable referral model in place. So tell us a bit more, maybe what you learned over the years and like, what does it take to make um, a predictable referral funnel without uh, just building a multi-level marketing system? It's, it's one of the best tactics to use. So we have three strategies and 274 tactics. The three strategies are increase the price by 25%, increase the frequency by 25%, increase the conversion rate by 25%. Because 
you put them together, it's plus 99 revenue. Now, in the tactics, one of the low-hanging fruits, zero costs and zero risk tactics, so it's one of our favorite, is the affiliate partnership the referral system. So we have created something that is build your referral teams with us. And it starts like that. In, uh, in week one, we create a one-pager with the client, which says, look, this is the value that I bring. This is who it is for. This is my target group. This is my email list. This is my reach. And this is my commission percentage if you collaborate with me. And with that, we start building an army of affiliate partners. We start with one per month. You promote them, they promote you once per month. And then as soon as it is an automated system, we double that to twice per month. Now you have from 12 partners in a year, you have 24 partners in a year. You are starting now to having what we call a referral team. And it's repeatable and it's measurable because you know, oh, on average, one of these partners brings 170 subscribers per week. They are warm leads, so I can close them at 18% conversion rate instead of my usual 5% with, uh, with the colder ones or 2% with the cold ones. And, uh, and now you have a predictable revenue stream, one predictable revenue stream. And we want to create three to five of these predictable revenue streams. The joint venture system is the easiest. So you start with a list of people you want to collaborate. You set up the one pager, you do the, the monthly thing, you automate it, and then you double it to bi-monthly. And then the advanced uh, version is you double it again. You have now four joint ventures per month. This is what we are doing, what I'm doing with my team. Four joint ventures per month at average 170 subscribers per week um, onto your mailing list uh, at your specific conversion rate of your landing page or of your webinar, which is different. And then you have one, what we call a revenue system. Now, if you have three to five of these, you stack them up and now you can go on a long vacation because your business runs smoothly. Which always sounds amazing, right? The, the thing that's really hard to get right of on in, in partnerships and joint ventures is to get partners who work on exactly the same ICP, like the same ideal customer profile, and who are incentivized enough and have enough access and motion to actually help you get the clients you start, you're looking for. How do you, how do you help people match to the right venture partners? For example, in our case, it's B2B, so um, entrepreneurs, not only sales, but also can be hardware between zero and 10 million plus annual revenue. We, we bring the people together for them. So we have an, a, a mastermind called JVC, the Joint Venture Club. It's at strategiesprince.com slash JVC. Currently, there are 64 referral partners in there ready to rumble. So if you have the same target group as they are, and um, if you have a different offer that is not in there already, you can come into the JVC for 2000 per year, you have your referral teams built ready. And so that's one solution, it's a plug and play. The other solution is tap into the networks and create your own. It, it will take maybe 12 months, maybe 24 months to create your own, it's a bit longer but you can create your own army of 
referrals. It it just takes time. You have to drink a ton of coffees and <laughs> with people over Zoom, and um, and have an appealing offer. So how can you make it appealing? First one, it has to be the same target group. Second one, they need to like it from the style also of the swipe copies and the commission percentage. We have a quite a high commission percentage. It's twenty percent commission for the partner and um, lifetime. So even if three years later they have an upsell, it's twenty percent also from that. Okay, which is which is always an interesting one regarding lifetime, right? Because I mean. For example, in our case, we work with tons of like also venture-backed um, startups and entrepreneurs. And anytime somebody approaches them for a, a lifetime deal, like if the investors hear from it, uh, they cringe and they say like, "No, you're not going to do that. Uh, we hate lifetime because it's future unit economics. Like, why lifetime? Why not three years or twelve months net revenue after signature or after referral?" Yeah, the reason why they hate a very it. long time, right? It's very long. And the reason why they hate it, because it's a ton of value that you're giving away. Yep. And so, and that's exactly why we like it, because we are in the long-term game. We want to have partners that are like our friends. You know, there is not enough value that we can give to partners. These are our business partners. The more money they make, the happier we are, the more they will refer to us. So for us, uh, and and it's it's another mindset for us. The mindset is the cake gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, yeah. And the markets get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, look at what's going on. I'm I'm a member of the Silicon Valley Blockchain Society. There is a whole new market right now, coming out of nothing, emerging. It's so much bigger than you and me, and uh, and uh, a whole continent of salespeople can even can even uh, tap into. So there is so much opportunity. We are very generous. And with this tactic of being generous, we, we don't create just joint venture partner. We create business partner for life, friendships for life. And that is the amazing thing. I meet my partners every 14 days. Yesterday, we came together. They were coming from 17 countries. We come together. We have speakers. We have fun. We work on each other's sales challenges. I show the newest landing pages. I get work critique. They show me the newest subject lines of their emails. Uh, they get work critique. So we are we are partners. So that's why we want maximum value for everybody. Yeah, no, lo- love the mindset of playing long-term games with long-term people as well. And uh, I think that that's what you do, which is amazing. And one interesting thing I found going a bit through your your vita so to say you went you studied in, in massachusetts like you also like have close ties to silicon valley but you also kind of grew up in terms of education and work in in uh, austria right so in austria yeah. germany switzerland sometimes the mindset is like people don't want to earn a higher salary because then they need to pay more taxes which i found really weird but i, I literally heard people say like oh no i don't want to have a salary increase then more I, the government gets more money from me what <laughs> what difference do you see like this North American Silicon Valley mindset compared to Austria in Salzburg in Neuwaldeck where, where you've been for a while uh, in in Krims and so on? Yeah, we're we're discussing that a lot in our communities. So some of us are discussing moving to Puerto Rico. <laughs> uh, so the the Californians are discussing moving to Texas, to Puerto Rico, to right now El Salvador is is okay. being discussed in terms of you know the new regulations. 
And uh, in in Switzerland, many many so in Europe, many of us um, would love to be in the in the Swiss uh, Silicon Valley, the blockchain valley around Souk is a very very interesting place to be because they they have very very interesting smart people creating the fintech of the future, and it is also a tax advantageous place to be because they want to attract entrepreneurs. And um, so it's always the balance. I am personally on the opposite side. I like to pay taxes, <laughs> pay a huge amount of taxes every year. And I have, and I am okay with it because I have children. I live in a surrounding which has a high quality of life. I go running every morning in Schloss Schönbrunn Park, which is a beautiful, huge castle. and. I see 70 gardeners working and I feel like these are my 70 gardeners right now working for me. So it's okay to pay 51% tax because it's it's good for everybody. Uh, they are doing good stuff. We have a good educational system. We have a good healthcare system. We care about the weakest in societies. And so, and that's the job of entrepreneurs. Look, we we are the people building jobs. And so we are also earning doing this, and it's okay to, to share 51%. That's my take. But uh, most of the people in our community are really discussing which country to move to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can, can, can imagine, but like love the mindset of like just making a bigger cake and not just uh, not just going to cut the cake differently, which I think is not a zero-sum game at all. So totally invited. It's, it's the same philosophy that we discussed before. For me, you know, the, the cake is huge. You know, the more jobs I can create, the more happy people, the more happy families. And these happy families want to have education. They want to have health, et cetera. So for, for me, I think in ecosystems and I think long-term. Yeah. Yeah, I no, no, love that one. And I think long-term, what you put as a, as a benefit of working with you is also uh, you, you freeze 13.6 exactly hours free up per week for CEOs. First of all, how do you get to this exact like 0.6 figure? And then also, how do you free up that time? So I think like you need to, you need a baseline to get to 13.6, right? Yes, we, we measure, we measure everything, everything every seven days. So the, the sprint coaches uh, measure every seven days in the dashboard of our clients. And every Monday we discuss these numbers. That's why we know exactly the revenue numbers of our clients and the, the time numbers. The time number comes because our goal is to free up 10 to 14 hours of their week uh, per, per founder. So we see founders who are stuck in the business. They are in the weeds. Uh, you know, some of them are still programming. Some of them are <laughs> still delivering, are still coaching. Some of them are still doing the product work because that's what they love to do. And, 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 and they reach to us when they have found that plateau. If they code more, the company is not growing. The product is getting even better. But at some point, it's not about the product anymore. It's about engineering the sales system, working on form, fit, and function of the sales system so that you can scale it. So you have to move from being a great product builder to being a company builder. And you become a company builder by removing yourself from being the bottleneck. Yep. They are yep. usually the bottleneck. I was the bottleneck two and a half years ago. 
I have decided Simon is out of operations. You cannot book Simon as a coach anymore. And that was a tough decision. And it was the best decision ever. And it, it was only one week of, and then it really, it was really cool. Other people started coaching and I was out of operations. Now I am two levels above fulfillment. That's what, what we call it. And uh, that's what we help our clients reach because yeah. they need time to work on the business, you know, joint ventures, being on podcasts, having collaborations with, with uh, bigger players in their industry, hanging out with influencers that can open doors in the next level that they need. You know, you need to hang out with senators. You need to hang out with local politicians. You need to hang out with key people in your industry that will open the door for the next country, for the next product. Uh, you have regulatory issues that you need to influence. So you need to work on the business. And that's the time that free up that we free up from them. Yeah, I think which, which sounds great. And I find the, the one week uh, impressive. Uh, one thing that I find interesting then, if you going out of that, it's, it's still like your face on the page, right? Like double revenue in 90 days and then to the right side, it's still you on the page. So people going there and like book a demo and your face is next to it, obviously even expect you to take the demo to a certain extent, I guess. And like, the, hey, but I, I wanted to book a demo with this guy that I see on a page. And that leads obviously to friction. I guess you also close as a company some deals not that you could have closed easily because of the founder bonus and of, of the authority, right? How did you handle that in the beginning, knowing that probably one out of three deals you could close will be closed lost because you're not there, but somebody else is? That's a great question. And we are in the middle of this transition right now. So I can tell you live from the trenches. So the decision to have Simon as the face of the thing, like I am speaking on podcasts, and when they later jump from here to the website, it's for brand recognition. So because they say, oh, I heard Simon, now I'm on the website, but who are this guy? Oh, it's Simon, okay, I click. So that's the brand decision to have still the same Simon face there so that you can follow, you can follow through the path with somebody. You have just resonated to this idea, okay, let's move on. From there, they book a call, and uh, in uh, in 2% of the cases, they land really uh, on my calendar, and then they're extremely surprised. They go, oh, I would never expect the CEO on this sales call, and then they're positively surprised, which is fun, uh, yeah. and, and they say, oh, I know you from all these videos, and now I'm talking to you. That's strange. It's, so <laughs> it's, it's a very nice, positive surprise when they, when they get me on the phone. In 98% of the times, they don't land on my calendar. Uh, and, uh, and that works really well. It's not that bad. The conversion rate didn't go down uh, when I handed over. Nice. And uh, who, tell us a bit uh, who you handed over, right? Because, I mean, B2B sales recruiting, is especially for tech, is right now something like the holy grail with like the demand that's really high from tech companies and the the supply that is could be higher, let's say, with the culture that sales and entrepreneurship has still in Austria, Germany, and Switzerland, especially. Yes. So there are many, many different ways to do it. Our way was not to hire salespeople. So I don't have salespeople doing sales. I have the real people doing sales. And I teach them how to do it. Well, the cool thing is uh, that we teach how to do sales. So I have the modules ready. The same yeah. modules that the clients get, my people get. 
And I don't recruit them by going into a platform and saying, I'm looking for an SDR, I'm looking for a closer. I don't do that. Uh, I work with somebody for half a year, for a year in the core team or as a coach. And then I say, you can do more if you want. I invite you to enter the core team and to be in the sales team. And then so I go, yeah, but I don't have sales experience. So you're selling people talent pool is actually your coaches and you see like, oh, that's actually like that person has a great potential to move from coaching to sales, not the other way around. Sometimes people go into sales and then once they sold half a million, a million, they become VP sales or team lead or, or chief revenue officer or something. You actually do it the other way around and then you have coaches first and then they move into a sales world. Yes, we do it completely contrarian. Yeah. And uh, be, that's because I don't want to have a traditional sales. I don't like traditional sales. Everything is broken in traditional sales. I don't <laughs> want anybody to sell me anything. Yeah. You know, I want a cool conversation like we are having. And if I had the feeling that you are selling me something, I, I'm off. But if I have the feeling like I have right now that we have a cool conversation, I want more of this. And so that's what we call the discovery call. In the discovery call, call number one, I don't have to teach anything because the goal of the discovery call is really just to help the other person take the right decision, whatever, whatever that decision is. Many times we refer to other people yeah. in that discovery call. And it's fine. It will come back later. Remember long-term philosophy? Two years later, they will refer to us. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's the discovery call. Then if they qualify, and there's a long list that they have to qualify, if they qualify, they will get a demo call. Now in the demo call, that's where we have a script. And that's where stuff gets serious. And this is where I train my people every week. We give each other feedback and there is a very specific checklist. This is exactly what we do with our clients. We record the Zoom calls and I have my list here and I, and I, and I make notes and I say, hey, you asked only three of these questions, but seven of these questions. Look, <laughs> that's that's not how you do it. You have to ask more here before you move here, and then you move here. Yeah, and then yeah. you, you didn't ask why the client didn't solve the problem. They're not stupid, so they probably tried stuff in a pod. You only asked, like, do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so that that is how we evolve our own skills and get better and better and better. Right. And it never feels like sales because it is not sales. It is people genuinely interested in commercial teaching. I would say if, if you need a category for what we do, I would say it's commercial teaching. In the, in the discovery call, I want you to take the best decisions, whatever it is. If yeah. you come into the demo call, I want to teach you how you will solve your problem and how we can be part of your solution. And I will teach you. That means first I need to understand where you are. Then I will challenge from my expertise what your plan is, because I have done this 17 years and you are probably doing it en passant. You, you have never learned the business of business. And that's, and that's where we are number one. So you are the, the number one in your product and in your field. We are number one in the business of business. So now come, can I teach you something? And then they will go, yeah, sure, shoot it. And then we will say, if you do it like that, this will go nowhere. You have to do that. And if it is right, and only if it is right, then we have now gained permission to move on. And if we move on, now we are partners. We have established 
that we understand each other, that we genuinely care, that we care enough also not to be liked yeah. because yeah. we challenge. And now we have full spectrum. And at the end, we say, okay, that's the offer. This is where we can bring you. This is the guarantee. Do we jump on it or not? Right. And, and I think this is becoming ever more important with the world moving towards a biocentric, biojourney world away from a sales process, away from pushy sales motion to just help people take an informed decision and the best decision they can take and, and also detaching, detaching the outcomes of the process, right? Sometimes there is a push, like, oh, but like I'm, I'm really unhappy today because I didn't close the deal. It's like, yeah, but did you do everything you can to help that person take the best decision? Yeah, but they wanted to have marketing and I sold sales or they wanted to have um, a small nimble CRM system and I sell Salesforce. Like, well, would it have been really beneficial for the client to buy Salesforce? Like, no, but I didn't close the deal. Like, well, but then you preserved your integrity. You helped somebody to take the best decision for their business. Everything's fine, right? And next time they will see somebody like that is enterprise, they will refer to you within Salesforce because that's the best fit. Mm, yes, I have a differentiated uh, side on this. So in the discovery call, it's absolutely fine. In the demo call, I want you to close. And we will close if, if we follow our method. And there is push. There are five pushes in that demo call. But... They come at a very specific point. It's like you know kung fu. Uh, you are usually you are you are very near, and you have the sticky hands of kung fu. You are always near. You can close your eyes. You feel where the other person is, and at one specific point, woof, you move. And so there are five of these kung fu moves. <laughs> uh, otherwise, we won't close. And we don't. I know there is the consultative approach that says, "Hey, whatever the decision they take, also in the demo call." It's fine for me. It's not fine because then it wasn't a good it wasn't a good sales call if they then have all their problems solved and they go and buy it from somebody else. No, I, I agree. At that stage, at that point in time, when you, you actually establish and you know, like the client can have a three to ten x plus return from working with you, absolutely, it's it's so necessary to have this mindset, especially in Dach, to get people like you need to ask for the money at one point. Otherwise, it's like really just discussing and we go to the park and have a beer <laughs> which, is, which is also fine but then it's not like you cannot do that on like a quota carrying sales rep for example so i think a few things i really love on, on your mindset about the long-term uh mindset of making a bigger cake i'd love to ask you five quick questions on uh just i have a, a feeling what you would answer but really curious on why uh so you ready uh ready Cool. So if you do you prefer $1 of revenue from a new or from an existing customer and why? Existing. I thought so. Because long-term games with long-term people, right? Exactly. Long-term. Good stuff. And if you get a 100k bonus uh, from, let's say, a, a business from one of your top clients, do you want it in cash or do you want it in stock options? From Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. Bitcoin cash or Bitcoin future. <laughs> The pure thing, the pure, the pure thing. thing. Cool. And then if you can hire a junior sales person or just junior person for 50K or a senior sales uh, person for 150K, which one do you take and why? I go for the senior person. And, um, you know, the, the monetary agreement that will change over time anyways. So even if somebody starts very cheap with us, we will increase every year as we get better, as results get better, as they take on more leadership. 
they they will get expensive anyway and we want it because they are they are yeah. our assets yeah I, I told my 23 year old sales rep uh, joined us five months ago i want you to hit 10k monthly monthly cash or like monthly salary like this year i was like oh that would be amazing if i ever do this I was like, no i want you to do it in 2021 <laughs> like let me know I, I want to help you get there right and i exactly. think this month, this month she could actually do it so it's good and what's your number one source of improving your sales skills on like people, podcasts, books? You're obviously like already quite far on that journey, but what's your go-to source? One is to, to give each other feedback on the real sales calls, on the Zoom recording. And the other one is being on many podcasts per day. I'm on three podcasts per day. And this is where I learn, I get better. I see what works. I try new angles. I see which metaphor works, which one doesn't, what, what gets more resonance afterward when people post it. This is really the, the testing field. Nice. Nice. Any books you can recommend or any other, any specific podcast? Because you obviously know quite a few after being guest on around 15 a week. Yes. So there is one book that I really like. It's by Anthony Yanarino. It's called The Lost Art of Closing. Anthony is, is both uh, a, a hero of mine and in, because he has such a great sales body of work. His books are amazing. And he is also a client of us. He sprints when he needs better workflows because he's the best in the world in training and in delivering B2B sales trainings. But he has also a team and we are the best in the world in helping the workflows of the sales teams. So we book each other. We, we help each other and his book is amazing. And uh, I am coming out with a book in February. He will write the foreword to that. Nice. Um, what else books I can, I can uh, really... Perry Marshall was on my show recently and I reread the 80-20 sales and marketing book. Still very relevant. Uh, it's, it's not the newest book, but it's still super, super relevant. Perry Marshall, 8020 Sales and Marketing. And then a, yeah, how many do you want? Uh, no, I think that that's great. That's great. Like I'm um, curating a list of around 50 B2B sales books, including like negotiation and, and like other things like uh, the E-Myth and uh, Flip the Script from Orange Club. I, I just read recently, which I loved. Uh, success to pitch anything, so to say. And regarding knowledge and all the experience, what do you wish you would have known when you were 20 and how old are you now? I am now 41. And with 20, I wish I, I would have known that, uh, that there are appreciating assets and depreciating assets. <laughs> and instead of buying the third pair of uh, T-shirts of Metallica that I didn't really need, uh, I would have preferred to put, I don't know, 25 euros in, in, uh, in an S&P 500. That would be, have been much wiser. Yeah, good stuff. And then specifically for B2B sales, what, what's the most interesting trend you see emerging right now? Like how will we sell differently than we do today in 2025? Completely differently. And this is really what people like Anthony Yanarino, like Jeb Blount, and also myself are, are on a mission to, to, to tell and to share. 
forget traditional sales. It doesn't work anymore. People don't want to be sold. Who likes to be sold? Nobody. Come on, raise your hand. Nobody does. What do we really want? If you flip the script, what do we really want? We want somebody who is really good at what they do, who teaches us what the right way is, who is accessible week by week for the discussions about why I am falling off track, why I didn't repeat it, etc. And um, and uh, and who has a good offer that brings more value than it costs. That's what I want from somebody when I when I book a coach, when I book a product. Um, that's what I want. And and so let's flip it. Let's think it from their side. And um, let's forget traditional sales and, and reinvent it in a way that is elegant, that is nurturing, and that is fun. I agree. I agree. Cool stuff. Uh, thanks so much for sharing these insights. Uh, very impressive work that you're doing with Strategy Sprints in the last 17 years. Founded Strategy Sprints actually, I think, four years ago, right? 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, really cool how you help not only help increase revenue, but also free up CEOs time so they can work more on the business. Really interesting insights also on the referral parts. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to keeping in touch and uh, probably doing that again in the near to mid future and see uh, where we both end up. Thanks. Absolutely. Would love to be back in February when I can tell you about the book. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. Thanks so much and have an amazing uh, day uh, as you're sitting in Austria as well. And uh, to and if anybody wants to download the tools, they are open source. They can go to strategysprints.com slash tools and they can download them. Amazing. So all thanks so much for sharing all this free value. And if somebody wants to connect with Simon, it's Simon Severino with two E's. Uh, find him on LinkedIn pretty easy, strategysprints.com and uh, get that free value. And sign up for the other offerings as well um, after not a demo first, but a discovery call. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you.